Welcome back to the What's Next Christian Podcast, where we believe no matter where you're at with your walk with Christ, there's always a next step. And that next step will either get you closer to Christ or it'll get you closer to your community where you can be the hands and feet of Christ, like we've been commanded to. We've been covering the Prayer of the Lord by R.C. Sproul. It's a book that covers when the disciples asked Jesus how to pray, and he gave them a model prayer, and how we can take that prayer and we can apply it to our lives. Um, we're on the fifth petition, forgive us our debts. Um, and Mr. Sproul starts off the ch chapter talking about a study they did on college campuses, um, secular and Christian, and they they were studying how many people had anxiety from unresolved guilt. And to the shock of a lot of people, um, Christians you think would have less guilt because they've been forgiven their, uh, of their, of their uh, guilt, uh, actually have more anxiety from guilt than secular uh, churches. Um, and we believe that is because Christians understand the weight of their sin. They understand how much they've been forgiven. And so they're more conscious of it. And where secular camps is people like they suppress their guilt, they suppress, suppress, um, their anxiety and stuff because they don't have a full understanding of what their sin does. And that, that they have a, a debt to God. And depending on what version of the Bible you read, I like to read the new King James version. Um, the, the, the phrase will say, forgive us our debts or forgive us our trespasses. Um, and so which one's correct? Both of them. Um, a sin, um, towards God is a debt owed to God or a trespass to God. Um, but debt is a really good picture and a good, really good way to think about it because we normally think about money when it comes to debt. Um, you know, but there's more than monetary debt. There's moral debt. Um, and the way to put the way Mr. Sproul puts it in the book is a boy goes into an ice cream parlor and he goes to ask for an ice cream cone. The waitress makes him his cone and says, Hey, it'll be $2. He's like, well, I only have $1. He's currently in monetary debt to that waitress or that store because, um, he can't, he can't pay it. So normally if you're there watching it, you'll pull out a dollar and you pay for the kid's ice cream. Um, take that same kid, he goes in, asks waitress for an ice cream cone, she makes the ice cream cone, she goes, hey, it'll be $2. And he, she, he freaks out and he runs because he doesn't have the $2 or the, the a full amount. As he gets outside the store, there's a, a police officer there, waitress is like, hey, stop him, thief, you know. Um, he is currently in a moral debt because he's committed a crime um, he's trespassed against um, that that restaurant or whatever, and you can still say, "Hey, I'll pay the pay for the ice cream cone," but the waitress doesn't have to accept it because the debt is a moral debt; it's not a monetary debt. Um, and so, when we incur a debt to God, we incur a moral debt. You know, um, and and what happens is Jesus stepped in. And he said, "Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna step in. I'm gonna take the punishment. I'm gonna pay." For your sin god didn't have to accept that payment but but god is full of mercy and grace and he loves us and and he made that decision before jesus even came to earth that he was going to pay for it you know and how big is our debt so our debt is impossible and how how, how, to, how to put that is say i have a ten thousand dollar debt say i owe ten thousand dollars they're like you got to pay now um i could probably scrounge up ten thousand dollars from family or friends or whatever keep myself from going to jail or whatever it is however it's gonna happen 
Um, but if that was a $10 billion debt, that's impossible for me, for me to pay. Moral, morality wise, our debt to God is way, way more than that $10 billion. Um, God has commanded us to be holy as he is holy, to be perfect as he is perfect. And he created Adam and Adam was perfect and, and Eve and Adam both sinned and they transgressed against God and that they ruined it for all of us um, because we can't live up to God's perfect law, no matter what it is. Um, we want to think all oh, God's law is the Ten Commandments, but God's law was before that. You know, God had a law in the Garden of Eden, and it was just don't eat, don't eat of this tree, right? So, um, and in America, we normally have this rule that says, you know, you get one mistake. You know, um, your first mistake, you get slapped on the wrist. Don't ever do it again. Um, somebody, you know, hurts us. We normally give them that one chance to be forgiven, and then if it happens again. We don't give them as much of a chance. But God's law isn't that way. God's law says one sin, one transgression, and you're, you're guilty. And to think about it, it's 1030 in the morning. Um, how many times today have you already transgressed against God? Yep, me too. Um, so how great is our debt after a lifetime of sin? There's no way we could ever, ever repay it, you know? Um, and, and, and it's hard to imagine, you know, what the punishment for that debt would be. Romans two five says, "In accordance with the hardness and your your hardness and in your impotent heart, you are treasuring up for yourself wrath in the day of wrath and revelation for the righteous, uh, righteous judgment of God." So, God's judgment when it comes, we have to pay for our debt, and it's it's wrath that's stored up to it. And so, so the Bible says that we will be cast out. Um, out of the presence of God into a place called hell um, if we don't have payment for it. And the only way we have payment for it is by accepting Jesus Christ. But um, unfortunately, God's grace and mercy is so good that he gives people time to repent. Um, and, and because of that, people are like, well, I have time. You know, I'll deal with that later in my life. Um, um, you know, I'm doing so good so far, you know, and, and unfortunately we don't know what tomorrow gives, is given to us. We don't know what's going to happen. You know, um, we could walk out on the street and some freak accident and get hit by a bus. We don't know. And so, um, we don't have as much time as we think we do. <clears throat> So sin, our debt and our trans trespass against God is uh, also compared to as crime and enmity. Um, crime is breaking the law. We all know that. Um, it's not subjective. It's objective. And there's a hard line. Do this. Don't do this. And if you do it wrongly, there's going to be punishment for it. You know, um, feelings don't matter in it, right? So. Um, <clears throat> It doesn't matter, you know, you could get arrested for um, robbing a bank. There's video of you with the gun, holding people up, no mask, whatever. It's 100%, you're 100% guilty. And you could stand in front of the judge and say, oh no, I'm not guilty. I don't feel like I did that. 
well, that doesn't make sense. Um, and they're not gonna um, listen to you on that. So, enmity of God is basically enemy of God. Um, and we are an enemy of God until our regenerated until we are regenerated, our hearts hate God. Um, we think about it and we're like, I don't hate God, but you know, I don't want to follow his rules. Well, that's might as well be hating God, you know. Um, but men do hate God beforehand. Um, Mrs. Roll talks about Jonathan, Jonathan Edwards' sermon on Romans 5.10. Um, and it's, you know, why, why, why men hate God, you know? Um, God is holy and we are not. That's, that's pure thing. Um, and God is so perfectly holy. Um, and if he is that holy, that means our sin, our transgressions against him are much more severe than what a lot of people want to put on it. You know, and you always hear people say, well, I'm a good person. I didn't kill anybody, right? Um, but one transgression against God is guilty of the entire law. Because you're not holy. You're not perfect. And so we still have that severe sin. Another reason is God is omniscient. Which is God knows everything. Um, we don't want God to be omniscient because we want to hold our little pet sin. We want to have our little private sin that we, we go into our little room at night or... Um, something that we, we, we do that we don't want anybody else to know about, right? Books in, in Psalms 139, verses 7 and 8, David said, Where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, you are there. God is everywhere. You know, God, uh, we want to put limits on it saying, well, God can't be here and God can't be here, but God is. And he knows everything. Um, Jesus even says that we will give an account for every idle word. Uh, and this is in Matthew twelve thirty six. I stand before God. Oh, we're going to stand before God and listen to every offensive word spoken. Do you want to do that? I don't want to do that. I know I've said some, some pretty bad things in my life. You know, that's going to be a scary time. But Jesus stepped in the gap for me. And for you. God is omnipotent, which means God is all-powerful. Nothing can stand against him. We can't fight against him. There's nothing we can do to overcome him. No weapon shall be formed against him. Oh, no weapon, not, sorry. No weapon formed against him shall prosper. You know, um, so we can't overcome him. Satan tried and Satan got kicked out of heaven. Um, God is immutable. He is holy from everlasting to everlasting. Immutable means basically is unchanging. You know, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And because of that, because he's over everlasting, there is no for, no hope for him to be less holy, less omniscient, less immutable, less, you know, less powerful. He doesn't change. You know, and it doesn't matter how much we pick and choose of what we want God to be. It doesn't matter how much black highlighter we use in our in our Bibles. Um, we can't pick and choose what God's going to be. God, God is who he is. Um, we cannot win in our hostility toward God and in our, in our sin towards God. All we can do is we can bow down and surrender. Now it comes down to 
the frightening condition, as Mr. Sproul puts it. So we've been talking about forgive us our debts or forgive us our trespasses. That's not the end of the petition. And Jesus put a condition on it. He said, forgive us our debts as we forgive those who debt against us. Or forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Or forgive us our sins as we sin forgive those who sin against us. But it's not, you know, we, you, he's going to forgive us and then we forgive. It's he's going to forgive us um, with the exact proportion that we forgive other people. How forgiving are you? I know I'm not very forgiving, but um, I, I can't forgive as much as God can, right? We can't do it because God is, God is perfect and we are not. So um, if, we have, if he forgives us the way we forgive other people, then we are hopeless. There is no hope for us. Um, but what it is is it teaches us to mirror and reflect the kindness of God. You know, they asked Jesus, uh, my brother sins against me, how many times should I forgive him? Seven? And Jesus said, no, seven times 77. Um, at least hopefully nobody would offend against you, you know, seven times, 77 times, 77 times seven times, right? Um, so we gotta, we gotta do our best to forgive the way God forgives. We gotta mirror and we gotta reflect that kind of, that, that kindness of God. And how does this apply to our life? Well, we've all heard that once you forgive, you ask for forgiveness for a sin, you don't have to ask for forgiveness anymore. Um, because God doesn't remember them. But that's not true. God is immutable. His knowledge is forever. Um, so he remembers. But he chooses not to hold it against you. Right? He chooses not to hold our sin against us when we're in Christ. So we must continually be asking for forgiveness because we're not perfect. Um, we're going to sin against God every single day. Like I said, it's 1030 in the morning, a little bit after. Um, how, how much... Have we already sinned against him today? Yeah. So we need to continually, continually ask for forgiveness. Because one, it reminds us of how sinful we really are. And then two, um, it allows us to be more forgiving toward others. When we fully understand how sinful we are and how much we hurt God and how much our sin nailed Jesus to that cross, it gives us a little bit better of a heart towards other people because we know that other people are lost and they are hurting and, and, and hurt people hurt people. And so this is the stuff we have to think about and that's why we daily confess our sins. We daily ask for forgiveness. Um, and and that, that we are forgiving, it drives us to be more forgiving toward others. Um, thing about forgiveness is just because we have to forgive them does not mean they have to be repentant um, because there are people from your past that may never know that they hurt you you know um, but if you don't if you don't forgive them their their offense is still hurting you right but also in there's some really aggrievous offenses out there um, that lead to childhood trauma and all that stuff but 
forgiving them people does not mean you have to be in a relationship with those people either. Um, but be kind, be forgiving, because if your hate, your hate or your unforgiveness towards someone is severe enough and you have that hate toward them, what that hate is, is might as, you might as well drink some poison and expect them to die. That's what it is, because that hate hurts you. Like I said, they may not even know that they hurt you. You know, sometimes they, they do because it's, you know, some pretty egregious stuff out there. But think about it. Are you forgiving people? Are there people in your past that you'll never talk to again because of distance or because of other things and they have, you have an offense against them? Um, have you forgiven them? Because remember, God has forgiven us so much more. So much more. And, and so we must constantly be forgiving other people. And that's it for today, man. Forgive because God has forgiven us. Love because God has loved us. Have a good week. Bye.